The B's and C's split their game threes. This is the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. Boston Bruins got a much-needed bounce-back performance as they defeated the Panthers 4-2 in Florida. Bruins dominant, really, in this game and love the way they handled the puck and improved in their own zone. They lead that series two games to one. The Celtics lose 130-122 to to the Hawks. They're still in command in that series. The Hawks got a win on, home flo- on their home floor, but like the way the Celtics are looking going into game four, both game fours tomorrow on Sunday. So let's take a look at how the Celtics got to last night's game number three, up two games to none. And Boston, the Celtics were dominant over the Atlanta Hawks. Game two, a big win for the Seas, once again led by Derek White, who had talked with postgame. Um, I mean, I've been saying that last year was kind of a whirlwind um, ever since I got traded um, for a lot of reasons. But, um, I mean, this year, um, from the first day, I just felt comfortable. Um, and just trying to, to get better each and every day. And the, the team's doing a, a great job just empowering me and, and helping me out throughout the whole ride. Uh, Derek, from a team and personal perspective, what have you liked that you've seen from the team the first two games? And from, from your performance-wise, what, have you, uh, what do you like about what you've been able to accomplish? Um, I think we did a good job today of uh, answering the runs. Um, I mean, they did, I mean, they're a good team. they got a lot of talented players that do a lot of good things. And... Um, we were able to, to come together and uh, answer those runs and, and push the lead back out. And um, obviously, we're going to watch the film. We're going to get better and, and learn from the mistakes. But um, we got two wins here, and that's, that's really all I care about. Here's Jason Tatum. Uh, it's been great. And we're just uh, so much more of a dynamic team when D. White is, is asserting himself and being aggressive um, and not being passive, right? Um, sometimes like we've talked about it being too passive and looking for looking for guys too much right he's like too good of a guy uh, but you know these last few games you know being aggressive making the right play attacking the rim right um, not necessarily waiting uh, just makes us that much better of a team right they, they got so many guys uh, so many weapons offensively um, that everybody needs to essentially like beat themselves right and uh, and we, we can play the right way and be ourselves at, at the same time and, uh, you know, be a really good team. Jason, through two games, what have you liked the most about the way your team performed? What would you also like to clean up going into game three? Uh, I think turnovers. Um, you know, they, I think they had like uh, 19 offensive rebounds. Uh, we got to do better than that. Uh, I think they shot the ball more than we did. Uh, yeah, they got more shots up. So things like that we can we gotta do better at going into game three or four. because um, they probably feel like they'd have made some some more open shots that, you know, series might look different. So um that's some things that we can control, turnovers and um, you know, getting more shots up essentially. One of the big reasons that this Celtics team, in my view, is better than last year's team. Malcolm Brogdon, of course, won six man of the year. And also Sam Hauser coming off the bench. The way those two shoot threes. I talked with Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what we talked about before the game of when you have a group of guys, um, you have to make sure they feel valued. And so I think everybody goes through, um, you know, just situations where you want to make sure you're appreciated and valued. And, you know, he's no different than anybody else. Uh, so I think it's a matter of just managing that, those relationships and understanding 
um, that we have a great team, um, and here's where you can be really effective for us. And you know, luckily he, uh, you know, he has that attitude. And how does having Hauser and, and Brogdon as rotation players in the playoffs help the the offense? What have we seen from them so far? Yeah, it just goes back to the different combinations that we'll have of who's handling, who's setting, who's spaced, who creates advantages. Um, you know, both those guys uh, have done that all year in that second unit, uh, and they both did a great job tonight defensively as well. Also, an opportunity to sit down with Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel. We talked about the 35th anniversary of one of the best games and best game seven performances ever in 1988, the Eastern Conference semifinals, where Neek dropped 47 points. Larry Bird won that day and uh, won most times against uh, Dominique and the Hawks. Uh, we talked with Dominique Wilkins at the TD Garden. So 35 years ago, one of the greatest Game 7's ever played, played by the individual sitting next to my right, 47 points that night, one of the great series ever played. Thinking back on that time, what stands out to you about that series? What stands out about that series? We blew our opportunity in Game 6. We had it. Um, We didn't execute the way we should have down the stretch of Game 6. So it came down to a last shot with an unlikely pair. It was supposed to be a play designed for me to create something, but it ended up in Cliff Livingston's hand, and we know the story from there. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think game six set up for one of the greatest shootouts ever. And I remember Bird made a prediction. He said, Atlanta blew the opportunity. I'm guaranteeing a win in Boston. And the crazy thing, the, the thing that I remember the most, and I was like yesterday, I'm coming out of the locker room, and I stop before I get out. I said, we're going to win this bleak, bleak game. If you ain't ready to fight, you ain't ready to go to war, don't come out. I said, whoever guarding me tonight is going to have a long night, long night. Unfortunately, Bird was saying the same thing to his teammates. <laughs> so it just set up for one of the most electric, heartfelt games that I've ever played. You know, And I've had games I've had more points and stuff, that, but none of that mattered. You know, all I was trying to do is keep us alive. And that's all he was trying to do is keep his team was alive. And it came down to the last shot, man. And and that's why, for me, I hate when people compare it, guys to Larry. That's what we're going to get to. Is Larry the baddest man you've played against? He's the, one of the as that small four position or any position one of the most determined human beings in sports that I ever witnessed. And he brought the, the level of toughness and consistency to my game because you had to, you know, you had to be the same type of mentality. So you had two guys trying to match each other's will. And so that's why I have so much respect for Larry. I enjoyed the, the, the times that we competed, the rivalry we've created with one another. And I know he had some his biggest rivalry with, with Magic, but man, we had our own rivalry, and uh, that's a bad man. How much did the greats of that era make each other better? You mentioned your rivalry with Bird, but also I, Magic I and tell you, I tell you the, Michael. I tell you the biggest thing is we wasn't all friends. Yeah, we wasn't friends. We wanted to kick each other's ass. It is as simple as that, and you know, so it, you know, possessions was tough. You know, we, we played the game at a very high high pace, you know, and we took time to to move the ball around, to get people involved. And so, you know, most people, they look at me, oh, I, I scored a lot of points, but, yeah, but I didn't dominate the ball. I was the one to finish the play, not start it. And Bird, the same way. Now, when he needed to, to start the play and finish, he did that too. But 
you know, we studied each other, man. I think that's the biggest thing. How good is this Celtics team? They're good. They're good. They're a really good defensive team. And now you add the offensive side where they spread you out and shoot a lot of threes, man, and they make a lot of threes. But, again, as a team, you got to make them work hard. you got to make them play under the lines instead of above the line. And that's, how, that's easier said than done. Totally agree on the threes. I feel like Sam Hauser and Malcolm Brogdon, having those guys that can consistently stick the three, has changed this team from last year. Well, we, the thing is, when you have those two guys come on the floor at certain positions, you know, they enhance your offense instead of decrease on offense. I mean, you know that Hauser can shoot lights out. Brogdon can shoot the ball, but not only shoot the ball, Brogdon can get to the paint. He can get to the rack. And so you have different elements on that Boston team that can hurt you. I want to finish on the uh, Game 7 from 35 years ago. It's, is it still burn, like, today? Like, do you still think about Because you think, like, over time, you'd be like, you know what, 47 points. I had one of the great performances in Game 7. I'd be, I'd be dead and gone, and I'd still be thinking about it. <laughs> but you know what? You never forget about the great time, even though it was in a loss. Man, that was great basketball, man. And so I don't hold my head down. I'm not in disappointment. I wish we could have won that. And we had we had chances. We had chances in that game. We had a chance in both games, but just couldn't get over the hump. Dominique Wilkins right there. Let's take a look back at the first two games of the Bruins-Panthers series at TD Garden, which, of course, were splits with the Bruins suffering pretty embarrassing loss to the Panthers in Game 2. Alex Lyon, netminder for the Panthers. Obviously, they are a very talented opponent. I don't even, I don't even want to say anything. They, they're so good. Um, but I think just within ourselves... Um, it was just like with, I think just with our own team uh, given what's happened the second half of the year honestly since December I mean um, everybody has been playing hard every game bringing their best on a day-to-day basis not just out of necessity because we've had to so I think that really can you know forge a team kind of by fire so uh, I think that was important for us and I think that we're playing good hockey at the right time and just got to continue to try and parlay that forward. Was there any awe of them coming into the series, and do you feel like you've been able to obviously show that you can beat them in the series? Well, I think for sure. Uh, I mean, when the team sets the regular season record of most wins or most points, I think both, I'm not sure, but obviously historically good team. You understand the task at hand, and I don't know if necessarily awe, but just you understand what a quality opponent that you're facing and, and the test that's at hand, so I think we were prepared for that. Um, but like I said, moving forward, we can't take our foot off the gas. It's just going to continue to get harder from here on out. And what do you expect their response to be like? I expect them to come back hard and strong, so we'll be ready. Here's Charlie McAvoy. Man, there's ups and downs in every series, and that's just playoff hockey. So um, take it for what it is and turn the page, and that's it. Know that we got to be better moving forward. The turnovers tonight, was that a product of their pressure, or do you feel like you guys do a better job of ma- maintaining the puck? Yeah, we just got to do a better job. What type of effort do you guys need to put forward in Game 3 to get back to being yourselves? Yeah, well, I see things at 1-1 right now, and we're going down there, and uh, you know we know what's ahead of us, the whole series ahead of us, and we just got to play the right way. Sometimes you need the, the downs, the adversity to kind of get engaged and get the, the best out of the group. Yeah, I mean, I think adversity is good. We've, we've faced it you know, all year, all year long. And, um, you know, it's good to have it early here in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, it'll give us something to lean on each other for. I just get a little trippy at the end. Do you feel yeah, that that's, things are... that's playoff hockey. Yeah. Also an opportunity to sit down with Garnet Hathaway from Kenny Bunkport, Maine, talk a little bit about playoff hockey and what it means to him. Garnet, when you think playoffs, like what comes to mind in terms of kind of the intensity, the games, like what, what they mean, like what when playoff hockey comes to mind, what are the first couple things that you uh, associated with? I mean, it's a really intense type of hockey. Um, it's do or die, and you got to beat a team four games before they beat you four games. So it's, it seems simple when you look at it like that, but there's a mentality that goes into it that, you know, you have to be ready to play your best game every night um, and know that the other team on the other side is going to do the same exact thing. Does this feel like you know, your type of hockey? Like, is this the type of you play hard? Obviously, all the time you're going to take the body, but does does it change for you in terms of the intensity, or is your game kind of just a playoff style game consistently? It's there's nothing like the playoffs, um, and I pride myself a lot on on being hard to play against, uh, being physical, being competitive every night, and and it goes into that that the speed of the game in the playoffs ramps up uh, the environment's louder there's more at stake uh you know two points in the season is really big to make the playoffs but games um you know games make a difference uh playoff games make a difference you have to take every shift in a playoff game um with so much focus um and and be able to control nerves too. So it's it's one of those things that I, I enjoy. I welcome the challenge, um, and I know a lot of guys in this room do too. Yeah, does the game simplify in that you know you obviously don't want to make, turn over the puck in the neutral zone. You want to make sure you get you know pucks in deep behind the, the net minder and so forth. I mean, is that something simplify more because, as you mentioned, each shift means so much and mistakes can end up in odd men rushes. Uh, I. I think in general, teams, you know, lay out a little bit more. They play a more controlled defensive game. Um, so goals are, you look at it, goals are more hard to come by in the playoffs than regular season. And that's because you get every line, every shift uh, is devoted to, to protecting their own net. Um, and so, yeah, mistakes can not only, you know, they'll end up in the back of your net in the regular season too, but when there's games with such low probably low amounts of chances um and low amount of breakdowns those are the ones that could make the difference in the game some hockey teams will worry a lot about matchups and and not dictate as much it feels like this group dictates the matchups do you sense that as well or do you look at the florida panthers and you know, try to react to what what they do what they bring their system etc you have to know who there's two type two parts of that question you have to know who you're going up against uh you have to look up and down their lineup and and see every guy as you know playing their best game and having to know what you need to do in order to combat that uh, but on the other hand you you need to focus on yourself um, you need to go out and you need to try and win games and and play not you can't play not to lose games you need to you need to play to win them um, and that's focusing on your own game so yeah it's, it goes both ways you need to know you know you know the kind of battle you're going to do but you need to be able to to punch first too final thing what's it you know been like for you here being obviously close to uh to where you grew up in maine and 
Have you heard a lot from folks? Have been people have been coming down to see you play? Yeah, it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, I've had a lot of friends and family, and friends and family get together and, and watch games and come to games. And uh, you know, first I, I felt a lot of support, um, which is which has been amazing. Um, but being able to see see those friends and family that wouldn't probably get together uh, as often as basically every other night that we play um, or talk about the game or reach out to each other has been has been special um, and like I said the support has been has been incredible and I know it's only going to continue it's baseball now where the Red Sox opened up their series in Milwaukee last night but prior to that a great homestand for the Red Sox they took three of four from the Angels and two of three from the Minnesota Twins so a five and two homestand overall Kike Hernandez had three hits in the finale against the uh, Twins at Fenway Park. Sox won 11-5. Talked with him post-game. 5-2 homestand. What stands out to you about the way you guys have been able to, to play and, and compete? What have you liked about what you've seen here on this homestand? Uh, obviously, um, winning two series. Um, that's that's huge. Um, that, that team over there is playing really good baseball. They were in first place in their division, and we were able to get two out of three against them. Um, I think, uh, you know, kind of we had a little bit of everything. We had a little bit of chaotic games. We had a little bit of um, big offensive games. We had no offense and good pitching. And I think overall was a pretty good team homestand, not just one side of the ball. And, um, you know, Tanner tonight today going seven innings. A couple of days ago going seven innings, that was huge for, for bullpen. That was, uh, you know, a little tax in the last couple of days. So, uh you know there's been a couple of games where we've been slow to start and the pitching has kept us in the game and has allowed us to to come back from behind and 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 get get wins late in games which is what good teams do good teams are never too far behind on 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 another team in a game and uh we're we're showing that we're a team with a lot of heart that's not going to give up at any point of the game and uh, we're playing good baseball, so hopefully it carries on to the to the road trip. Yeah, it felt like that was going to be the team's identity coming out of you know the first series. But as you've progressed along, you have the tough series in Tampa. You lose four straight, and that's kind of a big adversity point for you guys. And you come out and play some of your best baseball of the season, obviously, stretch wise. No, yeah, I mean, you, there, you could you could see uh, the series of Tampa that way, as in it was a tough series. I see it as a series that we could have taken two out of four easily if we played better we just didn't happen to play well and it was a team that at that time everything was going their way you know not only were they hot but you know they were they were getting the blue pits they were slugging they were you know making really good plays defensively so uh you know weird things happen when we go to the trop and you know you just you just got to live with it sometimes it's 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 going to happen and you just got to live with it and it's it's about uh turning the page and, and and not letting one series affect how you feel about the team or 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 letting one series make us feel like we're we're playing like dog, you know. It's just it's just about you know realizing that it's just one series at 162 games that it's going to happen throughout the season, and it's it's it says more about us how we come back from from those series than going through one rough series. Garrett Whitlock gets the ball tonight for the Red Sox, coming off a great start against the Angels on Sunday. Garrett Woodlock gets the start Saturday against the Milwaukee Brewers after a really impressive outing against the Angels on Sunday. Pounded the strike zone. A minute and f- an hour and 57 minutes. Felt like a minute 57 the game against the, the Angels. What did you like about that start? Uh, yeah, it was good to get good to get a win and just kind of go out there and, you know, feel good and just kind of go about it. 
Have the rule changes really done anything for you? Because you pounded the strike zone prior to this, but it felt like you were even maybe a little more efficient in getting on the hill and having more of a, a pace and a rhythm because you know, the batter wasn't able to step out, as we saw a number of times with you. Guys would you know, try to disrupt your rhythm. Yeah, I mean, they still get the timeout, but, yeah, they it does help without them trying to step out two, three, four times in at bat. So, you know, I'm definitely not upset about that. <laughs> Where are things at for you, you know, physically coming off of uh, the hip surgery? Obviously, you know, easing into things in spring training and uh, going on a couple of rehab starts before pitching here for the Red Sox. Um, where do you sense things are at? Yeah, just trying to get better each and every day. You know, um, building the arm up, building the hip up, and you know, it's just one of those things that uh, trying to get better each day and go go forward. But yeah, I feel I feel a lot better than I did last year. <laughs> Garrett Whitlock right there. Christian Vasquez returned to Fenway Park. He debuted for the Red Sox back in 2014, and considering the time he spent in the organization, it was almost a decade that Vasquez was with the Red Sox. They, of course, traded him to the Astros in at the trade deadline, and he won a World Series with them, signed to the offseason for a three-year, $30 million contract with the Twins. How do you separate the things in that you wanted to come back here? You wanted to be a Red Sox for the rest of your life. You made that very clear. Um, but the organization you decided to go in a different direction. You've gotten a World Series. You've gotten a great contract out of it. Um, but how do you kind of reconcile those things, your love for the team, but also how things ended? Uh, it's, I think it's part of the game, you know, the business and the game. And, and, you know, sometimes you want something that, you know, they don't want. So, uh, uh, But I was available to stay, and, you know, you know I think – they went another direction, and you know I'm happy now. You know I'm very happy to be here. Uh, very excited to be part of this organization and and be. You know we're gonna win some very soon, and you know I'm 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 in for that. You know it's it's better winning than losing. So uh, I think that's more important for me. You know winning than than you know staying with another team that you know you're gonna lose a lot. So. Uh, I think you know it's, it's that's I gotta be happier now and 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 you know is I think that's all I, I want. There was a report that when you were offered the contract, you came back to the Red Sox and gave them an opportunity to match the contract. Was that accurate or no? No, I don't think so. No, no, we don't we don't we don't do that. Uh, I think it's you know remorse and and and. But yeah, yeah, we're happy to be here, man. And and there's uh, great people here, and 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 great organization that they want to win. You had two great runs here, obviously winning the World Series 2018, great postseason, and also 2021 as well. Is it strange to see them going in a different direction? As you mentioned, you know, there's going to be some losing that's going to take place here. Is it strange that you had that group, particularly the 2021 team that was here? You had Kyle Schwarber, you had Hunter Renfro, um, and that, that they went in a different direction. I don't know, man. Um, uh Sometimes I want to know that was there have in their mind, and, and 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 because it's nothing better than winning, you know. And and the fans want that here, especially, you know, they're expecting us, the Rex, us to win every night and every every day. And it's hard to see that standing last play, you know. And 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 the the, the players want to win, you know. But I think that you know the, sometimes the front office needs to, you know. Support all the, the 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 players and and give everything they got to to win a, a championship. So I think that's you know that's all you know 
sometimes it's weird to see that, you know, and, and that, you know, that that extra hand they, that that the front office need and for for the the the, the players and you know that's very important. 